This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us uh, is uh, Sean Bolson, as he does uh, on these Wednesdays, Sean. And during the Vikings season, of course, we like to talk a lot about the Vikings. Normally, yeah. we're talking about, um, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins and how he's playing. And, you know, but the thing that we were always able to talk about for years was that Kirk Cousins was the starting quarterback again that particular week. One of the most durable uh, quarterbacks uh, in the NFL outside of, you know, Peyton Manning for years and, and some guys like that. Things have changed for us this year. Fourth different starting quarterback. They go to Nick Mullins for this week's game. Uh, is he the right guy, do you think, for the job right now? Well, I mean, is he the right guy for the job is an interesting question. He's a journeyman career backup, yeah. so no, we would like a starter. <laughs> right. But with what we what we have uh, as our options right now, the old pastor not uh, didn't pan out after week two. Yep. Um, you know, so Dobbs was okay. He came in, he got us, you know, one good win, and then you know it's just kind of slowly declined after that. Yep. Uh, Mullins came in, made some throws that make him look like an NFL quarterback last week. So, um, yeah, am I overly excited thinking like this is, you know. <laughs> wow, no, here comes 35 just, points. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, when, when you look at Josh Allen and you look at Mahomes and, and you look at, uh, you know, Purdy and you look at Hurts, these are all big-time quarterbacks trying to lead their teams down the road. Yep. Uh, we're not there. No. Um, so, am I excited? Yeah, I mean, you know. Cincinnati's been a team that, you know, we pointed as this was going to be a tough game. Now, Burroughs go down, uh, you know, uh, Browning's playing better than what we have right now. So I'm not overly optimistic, but, you know, the Vikings defense is playing really, really well. So that'll keep us in all, all the games. And the Vikings have played well on the road this year, too. Defense travels. Uh, so does running game, especially when you play December and January football. You've got to have a run game. Hopefully Madison can play this weekend. I think he's improved as the year has gone. The thing that's held him back is you know the fumbling of the football and dropping passes. He has an incredible high drop rate for, for any player in the league. Uh, but I, I think he's among the league leader in drops for running backs, and they don't even throw him the football that often. But uh, when he's going... Uh, and and is seeing the holes like he has the last few weeks. He's a useful back. They really need a run game when you're talking about playing your fourth different starting QB. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I don't know. I mean, we've been good on the road. I, I mean, we just won three zero against a, a below, you know, average team. Yep. So yeah, I mean, our record's been decent on the road. I, I'm not coming off that victory last, you know, uh, Sunday afternoon when everybody was all fired up. It was a pretty uninspiring game to me. Yeah. So I hope that's You weren't the only game. one. Yeah, I, I, well, I couldn't have been more know. bored. That's, that's the most boring game I've ever watched. It, it is. And, and you know, I, I missed my guy, Josh Allen and the Bills, yeah. in, in Kansas City, which was an unreal game. I missed it because I'm like, I'm going to watch, you know, I'm going to watch the whole bikes game. Yeah. Huge mistake. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I still, I've been the one that's kind of barked on it, and I hear all these different numbers, but... When push comes to shove, I think we our, our kicker is. Uh, I have zero confidence in him. Hmm. Um, you know, he missed another crucial kick. It seems like he can make the kicks that really don't matter a ton, but 
he always seems to miss an extra point or a field goal when we really need him. So <laughs> I hope the Vikings get through all this. We have some glaring holes at quarterback, at running back, and at kicker right now that I'm just a little frustrated with. So we'll see how it pans out. Injuries, too, have uh, certainly yeah. played their role. Obviously, we've been talking about injuries with uh, Cousins being out. But uh, now on the offensive line, Brian O'Neill. Although O'Neill, I thought he was, a couple of years ago, I thought he was ascending to being one of the top right tackles in the game. He's regressed, I think, in the last couple of years. I mean, he got Max Crosby was going around him left and right before uh, he wound up getting injured. Now, Max Crosby, I know, goes around a lot of guys. But we've seen other lesser defensive ends than him also give O'Neal a lot of trouble. I hope he can pick it up. Uh, and, and it's not like I'm hoping he's injured and somebody else can play. They need uh, Brian O'Neill over there. But I'd like to see him pick it up a notch, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, too, Todd. And, and the thing, if you think back, you know, last year even, O'Neill was supposed to be the staple, and Derrissaw was kind of this, you know, younger guy with a question mark. Yep. Well, Derrissaw has evolved as an absolute, could could be an, uh, a 10, 12-year anchor on the yeah. left side. Now you start to wonder about O'Neill. So, um, yeah, you know, I go back to when we had, uh, you remember when we signed from the Seahawks, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, Hutchinson. Yeah. And he was just an anchor there forever. I really am getting to feel like Derrissaw can be that guy. But keeping your offensive line healthy, uh, you know, is key because, you know, that Schlotman came in again, you know, he can play, what, center guard tackle. And, you know, yeah. they did an okay job to give Mullins a little bit of time to make some of those passes at the end. So um, a healthy offensive line is key, especially when you're talking about the run game and giving an inexperienced backup quarterback time to throw because he's going to need it. The Vikings' offensive line really has been quite good this year. I mean, Pro Football right. Focus had them rated as the top offensive line in the game here about four or five weeks ago. I haven't heard uh, since then, but uh, they have improved. Uh, yeah. They improved so much, they got rid of Ezra Cleveland. They traded him off for a, a seventh-round draft pick to make uh, room on the roster for, for somebody else that came on board. I can't quite remember. Oh, that was when they signed Reisner. That's when they sent uh, Cleveland packing. So, you know, they have played better. Reisner's made a difference at that guard yeah. position, too. So the offensive line is not the problem that we've seen in the past. No, but injuries right now, you know, going forward, it's a, it's a little bit, I'm a little skeptical seeing who's going to be in and who's not going to be in. But yeah. you're right. When we have our guys together, this is way better than you and I envisioned before yes. the season because that was one of the real question marks going into the season. Yeah, no doubt was how is the line going to uh, perform and are they going to give them uh, time to throw the football. And So we'll see. Mullins is kind of, he, he has a very similar game to Cousins. He's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to throw the ball down the field. He's going to take some shots. Uh, the difference is that Cousins is elite in accuracy down the field, and Mullins isn't. So we're going to see, I think, probably the ball put at risk some uh, this Saturday against Cincinnati. Hopefully he gets away with it. Yeah, yeah, hopefully he does. And hopefully, you know, it was it was getting pretty pathetic towards the end where Dobbs was, you know, we have all these weapons. You have Hawkinson down the middle. You have KJ. You have Addison. You know, you had JJ for a bit. I mean, it just... He obviously, and, and I couldn't figure it out because the first game when he came in and he was just reacting, he was really good. But once you got him into the scheme, uh, he couldn't pull the trigger on it. He, yep. He's not making good reads, um, which is obviously why he's on, what, a 6-7 team. Yep. We all understand that now. So hopefully Mullins can stand back like Cousins because his receivers can get separation. 
and just you know he needs to put the ball where where it goes and and if he can do that I think we're going to be okay if you know our offensive line doesn't hold up due to some injuries and he's got to you know run around that's not a great combination for him yeah. because like you said he's not a big scrambler but um the nice thing is is when you're a drop back down the field passer and you have weapons like we do that can get separation there are windows to fit it in it's going to be up to him to do that yeah hopefully jefferson can play we don't know yet it sounds like he's kind of trending toward that unfortunately kj osborne this last week looked more like a defensive end than a wide receiver in terms of batting passes down uh he's the vikings i i just saw a stat uh, it was in the star trip this morning the Vikings have dropped more passes than any team in the NFL. Not by a wide margin. They have won more than two other teams. Nonetheless, uh, leading the league in drops, that hasn't helped the backup QB situation either. It hasn't. And Osborne, to me, has been a, a big disappointment, especially yep. even early when, you know, when, uh, when J.J.'s in and you have J.J. and you have Addison emerging, I really thought that he would pick it up, but, you know, he, he hasn't been. And he's not a top-two receiver. He's kind of that slot guy. I really like what this Powell's done. Mm. Um, you know, he's shown a little bit of a, a jump. And so, you know, we've we got to get back to, you know, some Hawkinson down the middle, some, you know, verticals with the receivers. Let's give Mullins a chance to fit it in where, you know, they, they can separate and, and see what happens. Because if that happens and we can protect them, you know, I think we can be okay. I'm not saying we're going to compete with, you know, Dak and Hurts and Josh right. Allen and, and right. Mahomes because I truly think those are what four Super Bowl contending quarterbacks look like. Yeah. But you know what? Um, right now we're in the playoff hunt. The Packers managed to, uh, uh, you know, lose another awful game yeah. at the Giants, which, you know, helps us, puts us a game clear of everybody racing for that other wild card. So, you know, if we play our cards right, we can get in the playoffs. Where we go from there, that, that'll that be interesting. Uh, you know, everybody suddenly was on board with Jordan Love, and, and including myself. He, he had several weeks in a row where he played exceptionally well, and it looked like, well, the Packers do have their quarterback of the future. And then he puts out a game like he did this last week where it's right back to he's looking like a rookie again and not reading defenses and not throwing the ball accurately. That's always been the knock on on Jordan Love. Uh, That was what they said when he was coming out of college. I think he played at, what, Utah or someplace like that in the Mountain West. And uh, they said that he wasn't accurate down the field. And and, uh, we saw that this last week, too. So they might not have their quarterback of the future just yet either. So the Wild are 5-2. and Under John Hines, they continue to play well uh, under him. Uh, Kaprizov seems to be picking up his game a little bit. Sometimes it's just the change that they need, right? Yeah, it is. And Boldy's really picked his game up. Yeah. And then let's not forget the goaltending. You know, we've gotten better goaltending in the last seven games than we had, you know, in the first 15. So, um, yeah, a change change of voice. Uh, Nothing... You know, Kaprizov doesn't seem to be uh, pressing as much. We know when he presses, he turns the puck over, and bad things happen. So, yeah, I mean, a, a needed change because Everson's voice, like we had said, you know, I don't know that schematically anything is, is terribly different, but just a little bit different of what the guys are hearing, um, you know, and who they're hearing it from. So, yeah, good to see him make a little bit of a push here, you know, going forward. You know, we won, what, five in a row, or four in a row, whatever yep. it was, lost a couple, just beats uh, the Kraken. And so, yeah, um, you know, we're as much as I hate to say it, it's going to be the same thing where at the end of the season, if you win two, you might make it. If you lose one, you might be out. We always seem to teeter right around that 
line, and it kind of seems like that's where we're heading. Yeah. Yes, and, and and that would be ascending. So they need to keep doing that because right now right. they're really nowhere near a playoff spot uh, as we right. stand today. So they they I certainly they have will some be work to do. You At think the end of the year they'll get there, but it, they're not going to make huge noise. It's going to be we get you know get there and then you teeter right around that that number. And if somebody wins three in a row, they're in. If you don't, you lose. So I don't know. It's just it, it's kind of the same old right now with the Wild, and you know I think it will be for another year. But yeah. um, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. You just keep working and grinding and try and win games and pick those up where you can, and and uh, you know that's all they they really can do is is uh, you know that they have to start playing better. They have started to play better under Hines. Hopefully that continues. Oftentimes teams will get a a bump uh, in effort level and things like that when when their coach is fired and a and a new one is brought in. As much to prove ownership wrong that the, maybe they shouldn't have fired the coach uh, and uh, you know and the new voice comes in and and things change but sometimes that doesn't always stick it lasts for a while and then it goes away so hopefully it can last the rest of the year this year for the wild yeah and it's going to be it's it's going to be simple if they get better goaltending and they're more uh you know responsible offensively and don't don't give up the the bad rushes and the turnovers they're going to find themselves in games yeah if gustafson and flurry uh get back to giving up four or five goals a game doesn't matter what the coaches say they're going to lose so um pretty simple formula um we have some of the pieces in place. We talk all the time. We're missing a couple pieces because we're handicapped with the salary yep. cap and the buyout of Prezi and Suter. But this is what we have right now, and we know what we have to do to win. So uh, we need good goaltending. We need to play responsible. Yeah. So John Rahm leaves for Live Golf. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we had been hearing the rumors. I, I guess I didn't think it would happen necessarily, but but it is. And again, the only people that lose here are we, the golf fans. We just want to see all the best players play in the same tournaments. That uh, is, I, I think maybe I, I don't know if the Rom signing will uh, get the, the help get the deal done. Uh, it, it sounds like you know the Saudis were holding off on signing more PGA Tour stars as long as they were still negotiating toward at some point some kind of a merger uh, between the two. But apparently, you know, with the PGA Tour going out and soliciting other investors outside of the PIF or the uh, uh, Public Investment Fund, which is the Saudi Arabian government money, uh, they they saw that happening apparently and said, well, you're not going to just muscle us out here. We're here to stay, so we're going to poach another one of your top players. And John Rahm uh, might be the most relevant player that they've stolen so far over to the Live Tour. Yeah, well, you know, Cam Smith was relevant too yep. when he went there. And, you know, I think he was almost number one player in the world when they got him. Yep. But, yeah, you, you know you bring Rahm at, you know, whatever. Uh, the, the numbers are, are ranging, and they av- seem to be averaging about $500 million to yeah. go there. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody who says I don't like Liv, which I think their TV coverage is terrible. It is. And the team game doesn't excite me at all. Uh, it does the, the players, game. though. It does the players. Rahm has so, talked about that a lot, that he wants the but, team aspect. If you if you talk to fans, it doesn't do anything for me. Right? It doesn't do. I don't have anybody that I've talked to that says, "Oh, I just love this team piece." Yeah. So, well, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. I, I think right. it's, and, and it's the, something else to follow. And their coverage, the way they play it's their bad. tournaments, yeah. it's really bad. You yeah. don't even know who's where. I mean, it's like a shotgun start. So yeah, yeah it's really bad. Yeah. If they want to capture some of what the PGA Tour does, 
uh, you know, to, to interest all of us. You got to get off channel 23. You got to get yeah. on a major network and you have to cover it like a professional golf tournament. So, um, yeah, this one stings. And I think Rom is sitting there, you know, he's stuck by the PGA Tour. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he turns down deals, and now the PGA Tour decides to go and negotiate with Liv. I could see him saying, hold it, I stuck by you, now you're negotiating with them, why wouldn't I take $500 million? Yeah. I can't blame the guy. No. I just, I miss it because even last night I watched the 2023 Masters highlights, mm-hmm. and Rom, if you remember, Rom and Kepka yes. went into the last line. And the uh, announcers, you know, specifically you could tell, didn't want to talk about Kepka hardly at all because yep. he was a live guy. Yep. And you know, I'm sorry, but no, you got all you got DJ Kepka, Rom, Cam Smith. I mean, you got the big timers over there. Yeah. And other than Justin Thomas, who we all like, but let's not forget, he doesn't even make the FedEx Cup some yeah. year. You know, I mean, he's been struggling, and so this is a big dent to the PGA Tour. It Huge. is, and I don't think it's done. I, I think that no. Rom. There was a lot of reasons. I think the money was always there for Rom. It was the same money, uh, a huge amount, no matter what. Uh, what's changed, as you just chronicled, was what the PGA Tour is doing in in reaction to live, and everything has been reactionary by the PGA Tour instead of getting out in front of it before live got started, which is what they should have done, but they didn't, even though they knew it was coming. Uh, I think he sees how Monahan has handled things on the PGA Tour and. And he doesn't like it. He sees them now adding team golf with Tiger and Rory's thing. They're going to have a virtual uh, team golf thing. And, and he sees all the money spiking up. And, and uh, I just don't think Rahm has been too enamored with how the PGA Tour has handled it. I don't think he likes their schedule either. I think the money is the same. What's changed is his situation and his feelings toward the PGA Tour and its leadership. And that led him to leave and go over to live golf, I think. Yeah, and, and the, the the only thing I because I I like John Rahm, you yep. know uh, I like his competitiveness yep. I like a lot of players that have gone I wish they would quit saying they're trying to grow the game of golf yeah. I wish they would just say five hundred million dollars is an incredible sum of money mm-hmm. that I can't pass up yep. This is going to take care of my family for generations The whole deal about this is going to grow the game of golf that turns me off because mm-hmm. you know what five hundred million dollars. If if you played at the PGA Tour, arguably you're going to touch as many people as you do there with how they currently are. So I can't blame the guys for taking money. It hurts us. The majors now become really the only relevant golf tournaments of the year yep. because you have so many people that, you know, you take all those guys out of a PGA field, a PGA victory doesn't have the same luster it used to have. Nope. It just doesn't with me. Nope. And so... Now we got to sit here and wait for majors, and we got to hope that all the players we like were able to accumulate enough world golf points through other avenues to qualify for the majors. Yep. And then, you know, we get to watch them four times a year. Yeah. I hope that changes. I think it's possible that it does. I think there's more of a chance that that changes with Rom leaving to go to live because I think he's going to bring more guys with him to form his own team, and the PGA's hand will be forced. I think at some point in the future, not the immediate future, but live tour players will be able to play on some signature events over on the PGA Tour, and I think PGA Tour players will be allowed to go over to live. That's in the future, though. Uh, some ways, there's a lot of 
lot of things to change since then. And one of them, I think, is that uh, probably Jay Monahan has to go as the PGA Tour Commissioner and probably Greg Norman from Live before they can get um, something settled so where we can actually see the best players play on the same course at the same time a little more frequently. Yeah. Uh, Sean, thanks yeah. so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. You Have bet. a good day. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Fred's podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.